Hello, Stephanie. Uh, this is Beth Parker with KHAS, and we're fortunate here to be able to speak with Stephanie Johnson. Um, we'll learn a little bit more about Stephanie as we get going here. Um, so tell us a little bit about Washington, D.C. Is that That's where you grew up, correct? Yeah, I actually grew up right outside of D.C. in Prince George's County, Maryland. Um, it's not too far from Washington, D.C. Actually, it's about, about 30 minutes, 40 minutes outside of D.C. So it was a nice... Normal childhood. Um, I lived in the suburbs of there of uh, Maryland, and I loved it. You know, I grew up with two parents, mom and dad, and uh, two brothers. Two brothers. Now, um, I understand that you worked for a while for CBS and also for BET. Yeah. You care to say a few things about that and your uh, experiences there? Yeah, when I was at BET, I worked there. I first started interning for BET back in 2009, I, I believe. Um, it was my sophomore year of college. Um, I was leaving college for summer, and um, I I and I sent in my application to become an intern for BET at the last minute, and I don't know why I did that, but God was on my side. And a couple weeks later, I got a call back from from BET in Washington D.C. and I started working for them in the summer as an intern, um, and that was a wonderful experience. I got to work on Bobby Jones gospel set when he had his show going on. Um, that was a wonderful experience. And after I graduated school, I ended up working for CBS News in New York City. And I was a CBS page for a while. And that came about um, when I was leaving college, my senior year, um, second semester, instead of going to Miami for spring break, I went to, um, I went back home. And my mom's friend, he is a photographer or CBS News, and he said, do you want to go to work with me? I said, yeah, sure, this is an awesome, it's an awesome thing, sure, I'll go. Um, I went to work with him. He left me at a desk reading the newspaper for a whole week, and uh, his co-workers, they just picked up on it, they liked me, and it was like, you know what, we want to send you to New York. And that's how that happened. So while I was in New York, I worked for CBS News, and BET was taped in the same, like 106 in Park, and, um, 106 and Park was taped in the same building as um, CBS This Morning in 60 Minutes. And um, BT's office was on the top floor. And I would go up there so often and help out with the uh, thing. So. Sounds like a, it's a coveted position as a newscaster. You're on camera. Everybody knows you. All the glamour. How does that feel? Glamour. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> I know, right? In glamour. Um, it's not it's, from my from my position. Yeah. That's what we see. You know, we see you on camera. We see you smiling. You're always upbeat. And from <laughs> where I sit, it looks like you know it's the queen of the world position. It, it's it's a um, it's glamorous when you're looking at it, but it's a lot of work that goes into it. Talk about the hard work side. Yeah, what is that because we don't always see that. Well, the hard work is uh, getting interviews getting people to do the interviews, um, looking for your your sources in the community, people who are gonna actually talk to you, trust you, and building that trust with the community can be uh, a little trying sometimes. Um, also, um, I'm from a different region of the country, from the Mid-Atlantic, um, DC area, and there's a lot, it's a transient area. So it's not quite South, but it's not quite North. It's a lot of accents and coming out here, a lot of people 
would pick up on my accent and be like, oh, you can't speak really well. So, I mean, I had to go over that hurdle and thinking about it, you know, and trying to make sure that I'm polished when I get on TV. And there are days when I still, you know, said some things that was a little bit kind of crazy, um, that still kind of had a twang to it, so to speak. But, um, you know, I worked past it, you know, you with every obstacle, with every, with every good thing, there's a challenge. And I'm not perfect, but I'm working towards it. Um... For those young women out there, and perhaps gentlemen who are out there and uh, aspiring newscasters or interested in the communications industry, what tips do you recommend for them? Go for it now. Um, you're young, but you have the resources to go for it and make your voice and become a presence now. Through Instagram, through Facebook, um, through vlogging, through blogging, through so many resources, as well as your school. I mean. Every school has a newscast, they have a newspaper. Don't be shy, don't think that you can't do it. You don't have the face, you don't have the look, you don't have the education, you don't think you sound smart, you don't think you sound intelligent, I believe. Um, go for it, go for it now, because I waited and that was a very sad mistake. I waited to get in front of the camera. When I graduated high school, college in 2011, um, I didn't think I was pretty enough, I didn't think I spoke well enough, I didn't think I was good enough, so, um, I, I, be, I took the producer route. I was like, I can stay behind the camera and just rule people in front of them, in front of the camera. And um, I stayed behind the camera for five years after college. And then this opportunity in Iowa came about, just God, it was just, it was a God thing. Mm -hmm. And um, I, and that's, that's, that's at the point where I had enough confidence to get in front of the camera and try to, you know, at least go after what I wanted what I wanted, and that's what to be on TV and deliver news. So if you're young and you want to be a newscaster, go out there, do it now, don't stop, and find a mentor. It sounds like you uh, put a combination of good luck and talent in the same package. You had that knack of getting being in the right place at the right time. Yeah. Um, your degree or several degrees are in broadcast journalism and political science. Um, with your Political ambitions, can we assume you'll be running for an office? No. <laughs> oh, my goodness. No, I'd rather argue about the people in the office or, or talk about them and let that be known. So. so you really enjoy interviewing people? I do. What does it take to build a good interview? You know what? You just ask people. It's just about conversation. You become a warm person, people will open up to you. To become a good interviewer, you just got to become a, pre a people person. So and was be it curious. Mm -hmm. Was it hard for you to get interviews here? I know earlier when we talked, you mentioned that sometimes it can be difficult to get people to talk. Can you talk about that a little more? Oh, yeah, okay. Well, and regarding that, in regards to that, um, it's mostly um, kind of going on the man on the street. We call that man on the street in the business. Like when you go up to random people and you ask for sound bites, like, hey, what's your opinion on this? And people kind of shy away from that because they're in the store, they're minding their business, and then you have a camera in your face. So sometimes I go up to them without the camera first and try to talk to them and try to warm them up. But um, on the interviews that are set up, um, getting people to talk, um, let me think. There's one I have to think of any. Um, for example, if there is, um, sorry for the train. <laughs> this is Cedar Rapids, we're used to trains. <laughs> yeah, this is true, this is true. Um, 
For example, um, let me think. If there's like a controversial law or something that's that legislators here in the state want to pass, sometimes it's hard to get people's opinion about it on camera hmm. because people are like, oh, I don't really know if I want to comment on that and, you know, risk public perception. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, how I worked around it. Um, you know, you talk to regular people. The people that's, that the law will affect, you talk to them and ask them their feelings. Mm -hmm. So you have a very demanding schedule. Were you responsible for defining what the interview would be about? How did you figure out what to talk to people about? Well, I will always go up there. Uh, my producers, they will help me come up with a general idea. This is the idea they're going for. When I go to the interview, that's the intention I go to. I call them on the phone. I'm like, hey, if I have to call a representative, if I have to call a shopkeeper or a business owner, um, I call them and I tell them my intention. Um, they say yes, we talk. And as the interview goes on, if we start going to another area, I realize that the interview is like, this is really the important. This is the golden nugget. I call my producer and I tell them, hey, the story has slightly changed. This is a different perspective that I've learned. So yeah. And then you move forward from there. Talk about your schedule. Is um, it pretty demanding or? My schedule is very demanding. Getting, making sure, um, I was a morning producer, a morning reporter for almost two years here. Mm -hmm. So that means I will be at work at, I will get up in the morning around 1.30. Oh. Yeah, to get to work by 3.30 and um, making sure, you know, you keep up with the news on my phone. My Twitter is constantly blowing up because I need to know what's happening with the president. Um, CNN breaking news I follow, as well as BBC breaking news. Um, so I'm always on it. Um, to get everything done in eight hours is demanding, making sure I shoot by myself so I don't have a photographer with me. I carry my camera with me. I, I get the interview. I set the interviews up. I carry my camera with me. I go out. I meet the person. We do the interview. I shoot B-roll. I come back to the station. Um, I ingest my video. I put my video into the system. I begin uh, writing my copy. I have to get it approved by producers. And then I have to track my voice and start editing my piece. Get out the building or stay in the building wherever they want me to do the slap shot, you know, and set up and get ready to go live at five or six. And then there's no lunch break. So if I'm eating, I'm eating on the go. This is not a 40 hour a week job. There's a lot more to it than that. There is. I mean, right now I'm thinking about ideas of how I'm going to attack this weekend. I have my board right there. You see, I have like days of the week and how I'm going to attack stories and what I want to focus on. So what have you learned in this industry that surprised you or that would surprise us? Hmm. Kind of unexpected uh, uh, perks or, or difficulties and challenges maybe even. Hmm. What have I learned in this business that surprised me? Or maybe things that changed you or yeah. made you grow? Or yeah. Yeah, I uh, would say that the demanding schedule, and, I, and I'm still not perfect at this, but time management. I'm still not perfect at time management, <laughs> but I am trying to get there. Um, but that business, this business is definitely teaching me, teaching me that. I know when I go to my next place, my next job, I'm going to have it down because like I've been practicing every day, but you know, I'm not that, I'm not that great at time. And, uh, like you said, we're always learning. We're always improving. We're always growing. So, and no one is perfect. And so, you know, you've made so many accomplishments. How does uh, Cedar Rapids compare with other places that you've lived and worked oh and gosh. spent time? After living in New York city and DC and I, and I went to school and, um, 
Hampton, Virginia. So any students listening to this, you may want to check out Hampton University. It's a really, it's a great HBCU. That's a historical black college university. So check that out. Um, but after living in those three places, Cedar Rapids was just like, when I prayed to get my first job as a reporter, I said, God, I'll go anywhere. I am far more specific in my prayers now. <laughs> um, the people here are great. I will say the people here are great. Uh, people like you, Beth, um, Greg, uh, and the people at my church, Crystal, uh, some of the people I've met, great people. I mean, but I cannot. Yeah, Tootie, the. Oh my gosh, I cannot stay here. <laughs> this is a beautiful place to raise a family. I don't have a family. I'm single. Um, so it's not a lot of things to do for single people here. It's not much of a nightlife. I like to shop. The shopping options are very dismal. Um, and uh, there's not a lot to do. So when you're not working, we can assume here in Cedar Rapids you're shopping. Or what other things do you like to do? Just like the culture and the, I can't imagine the culture of uh, DC, for example. Yeah, it's beautiful and there's always something to do. And uh, yeah, there's always something, there's restaurants, there's um, day parties, and there's people my age that are you know young and career oriented. I don't find that here. They're mm -hmm. young, career oriented and married. So I'm like, okay, we're not on the same playing field. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Cedar Rapids is nice to help me, you know, uh, sharpen my craft. Mm -hmm. It's a quiet place for you to study. Mm -hmm. So when I'm not on TV, um, my friend Crystal who works at the museum, she's always stressing to me that I need to take time out for myself because she says, well, I'm not on TV, I am studying and trying to get ready for the next story. So mm -hmm. that is something that, okay, Go back to your other question about what's so so surprising about this business. It's never ending. There's no time for yourself. You're always, you're disposed. You're just, you're in the public all the time. So, We've talked a little bit about some ladies that you perform with or that you train or tutor or mentor. Can you say a little something about them and who they are and how you got involved with that and uh, yeah. why they're so important to you? Because you've mentioned several times that they are very important to you. Oh yeah, those are my little sisters. I love them all. The Lakaya, uh, Aubrion, and Diamond, and Dynasty. There was several other girls that danced with us in the beginning when I first came here, but um, those five girls, those four girls, I could count, <laughs> are um, just amazing young ladies. They're dedicated. I met them when I started attending Oak Hill Jackson Community Church back in 2015, well, early 2016. And around the summertime, or late, maybe late fall in 2016, guys gave me the push to start a dance team. And the church gave me the room to start a dance team. What kind of performances uh, are they available for the public? Or, you know, what's going to happen to them if you're moving? And just tell me the whole scoop here. Yeah, if I leave, I don't, we have discussed uh, them going on, going forward. It will be just, they won't, they won't have a choreographer, but they're going to choreograph their own dances. I believe they will be ready for the public. Um, I just hope that, you know, they stay on track and they stay focused on creating dances and ministering dances. So what is the subject of your dances or your themes or your... The liturgical dances. That is liturgical dance. And basically that's gospel dances, interpretive dance. And you dance to gospel music, um, Christian music or contemporary music and you minister through dance you can minister through song you can minister through through preaching on the pulpit and you can also minister through dance 
um, We Dance to No Limits is by um, Isaiah Israel Halton. And we used um, yarn to symbolize bondage and we broke it in the middle of the dance. And that dance blessed a lot of people, even blessed some of the dancers. They're young, but they have their things that they go through. Mm -hmm. So um, that's a very powerful ministry. Um, I was part of it as a child growing up in Maryland, and I brought it here. God gave me that gift and that desire to want to dance and minister to people and minister to people because I, I think that um, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, I'm not afraid to say that. And he's my all, He's my everything. He's omniscient in my life. He's my provider. And if I can pour that into these young ladies, because at the end of the day, if your career doesn't work out, if things don't work out for you, God is your only hope and he's your only salvation. That's something that I've held on to since being out here in Iowa. I was lonely a lot of the times and have my family out here. And yes, I have great friends and a great church family, but sometimes it's just not, you know, it's not family. But I had to remind myself that God brought me out here for a purpose and that he did not want me to fail. So, you know, I had to hold on to that. Dancing with these young ladies and, and encouraging them through their hard times was something that helped me cope as well. Um, so, yeah. So is that ministry for them or is it for spectators? It's for them and it's for and it's for people in the choir. It's for them and it's for people sitting in the congregation. It's for them because they're learning. As I'm teaching them these dances, I, I'm telling them this is a scripture that goes with this dance. This, this is why we're using yawn as bondage because you can be bondage to your feelings. You can be in bondage to how you think of yourself. You can be in bondage to your conditions of having no hope. That's bondage. But you can be free from that. And I told them, you know, you don't have to settle for low grades. You don't have to settle from getting a B. You don't have to settle for a C. Settle for that A+. Plus. Reach for the stars, you'll fall. Reach for the moon, you'll fall on the star. And as for the people out there, it becomes real to them as we continue to practice every single Saturday, you know, for six weeks leading up to the performance. It becomes real to them. It becomes real to them. And then people and um. And I pray before we dance, because at the end of the day, we're not doing it to perform for people. We're not gestures. We're not of the world. We're just in the world. Um, so um, I pray that my dances always go a long way with the people in the audience, because that's the initial goal for us, for God to minister through us and use us as a tool, as a vessel and them to receive it. So, yeah. So how do we find out more about them or watching a performance or? Oh, yeah. Is that you something? Can, oh. Yeah, people can go to Oak Hill Community, Oak Hill Jackson Community Church is going to merge with um, Cedar Rapids Family Church in, Jan in early next year. So the dancers will still uh, dance. If you want to if you want to learn about these dancers, you guys going to have to go to uh, Cedar Rapids Family Church and you can go online and find their address. And when you go there, they're still settling some things out. I believe the dancers will still be present in that ministry. I can't really speak to that because I don't know. Mm -hmm. But uh, if you guys want to know, go to Cedar Rapids Family Church or go to Oak Hill Jackson Community Church, which is on the southwest side of town, and talk to uh, Pastor Dooley, Ron Dooley, or um, Pastor Daniel Wynn at the Cedar Rapids Family Church. So. All right. Well, we'll start to close up here. Um, I understand a couple more questions that you're a blogger. What a, Talk a little bit about the blogging. Oh. And what your su subjects are and how you what you like to speak on. Uh, my blog is called The S Guide and it's because it's a single lady survival guide to life. And um, I started right before I came to Iowa. I haven't been up on it as much as I could be, but um, 
I plan on getting back on it. But basically, I talk about living life as a single woman and being a Christian. Because, you know, you can be a single woman, but there are single women of the world and there's single women that are Christian. And just the trials and errors that come along with dating and working as a single woman and being a Christian and upholding your values. Mm -hmm. Well, you sound like um, I, I like you are almost settled as a single woman. You have ambitions for family and for uh, partnership, maybe? Or are you just kind of feeling that as you go along? Because it sounds like anything that it's going to work for you no matter how your life turns out. I definitely want a husband. I definitely want a mate. Uh, and, you know, I, I pray that God brings him to me. I don't want to be out there just, you know, <laughs> throwing myself at every man that walks past. Yeah, that's wonderful. It's wonderful. Um, what would you like to share? Just kind of parting thoughts. What's next for you? And what would you what would you like to share with uh, the listening audience? I just want Thank everybody for, you know, if you watch Channel 2, thank you for viewing, for, for watching me for the two years I've been here and um, being on my side even when I made mistakes. Um, I'm only human, though, but thank you for understanding. Um, for any of the young listeners out there, I just want them to know that they can do all things through Christ who strengthens you. And uh, you, can, you can do everything. You have to put your mind to it, make a plan, and make it plain. And go for it. Don't be afraid. Find a mentor that can help you through. Um, and as for the older people who are listening to this as well, you can still do it. You're not too old. <laughs> I'm glad You're to hear not that. too old. <laughs> you can do you can do it. You can do it. And um go forward. Never stop. And um as for me, going forward, I have no idea what God has for me. I know that I have a couple of job interviews lined up on the East Coast, so I'll be closer to my family, and I'm really happy about that. Um um, I have no idea what God has for me, but I am willing, I'm open to the possibilities of what he has for me. So um, I'm ready, I'm ready to take on the next challenge with him by my side. Well, Stephanie, uh, I want to thank you so much uh, for taking your time. I know you're very busy, but it's always an honor to see you. Every time I see you, you're upbeat, you're encouraging, and you're positive. So <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you for your time today and all the best to you. I can tell it's going to come your way. I'll come back and visit Ireland. Yes. All right. We'll get you again. We'll get you on the return interview. Yeah. Yes. Yes. All righty. Thank you. Thank you.